1: Good evening, Rifters! This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast where we go through the many 5e books and talk about various rules to enhance your gameplay experience. I'm Nathan, the Dungeon Master of Riftwake. And I'm Remy, a player on Riftwake and a Dungeon Master myself.
2: Today's topic is fighters! So fighters truly are one of the iconic classes, whether it is, you know, the fully armoured knight or whether it's the you know dual wielding type there's a lot of ways to have a fighter but it is truly like the first class that you generally talk about like the if you think about games that just have classes in general like there's even at the most basic level there's usually a triangle of fighter wizard and rogue and fighter is just iconic it is part of the core of the game just the guy with the sword and shield or a big weapon whatever it is so very versatile class it does have the stereotype for being the simplest class and an argument could be made in that direction but it is a very important class and we'll talk a little bit more about that after we get through in the mechanics bit so right off the bat. A fighter is a very well defended character. Unlike most other classes, it has a D10 as its hit die. So every level you'll get that D10 plus your con mod added up. So they will just have more hit points than most other characters in the game. The only class that will have more is Barbarons with their beefy D12. Now, what is very interesting is that even at level one, A fighter gets proficiency with all armor, all weapons, and shields. Everything. And one thing that is underrated... Because of all of those proficiencies, if you decide to do multi-classing, either in your game or just as your character, if you just take one level in fighter, then you suddenly have a character with full weapon proficiencies. So even if you're like a level 10 wizard and take one level fighter, then all of a sudden you can wear plate armor and still cast your spells. And just getting that with just a single level dip is a very valuable thing. Anyway, uh, they get strength and constitution as their two saving throws, uh, the usual two skills, Uh, start off with some armor, blah, blah, blah. So just so you'll know, I do realize that we've been a little bit too heavy on the reading side of things. So I'm going to just assume that you have at least the player's handbook and most of the relevant books that have some of the subclasses. So I'm just going to try to skip reading everything and focus a lot more on just how to shape the fighter. So more of the ones that are important to the class instead of just talking about every single thing. So that being said, uh, one thing that is also very important is that at first level, you get to pick a fighting style. So the fact that you can get plus two to all attacks with a ranged weapon you could get a plus one bonus to ac you can get plus two to the damage of wielding a one-handed weapon you can get a reroll potentially when you're using a larger two-handed weapon Uh, you can gain the ability to get uh, the ability mod for uh, dual wielding with two weapon fighting Uh, or with the protection you can Actually, sorry, I just realized I'm breaking the thing I just said. I'm reading too much. There are a lot of fighting styles that are useful. Uh, One thing that I will focus on on that, though, before moving on, is that the archery one is actually kind of underrated. So plus two to attack rolls when combined with, say, the sharpshooter feet. So that is one just like the grape weapon master that I use as Morris in that you can choose to take negative five to an attack roll to get a plus ten to the damage if you do hit. So getting that plus two to all of your ranged attack rolls make just regular fighters actually very well suited to archery and not just the typical melee combatant. And having fighter archers, I will say, is an underutilized area in which they can be quite skilled. Anyway, uh, moving on from that. Uh, So another important fighter feature is Action Surge. They are a class in the game where every short rest, you can just get an additional action. So the fact that as a fighter levels up, they also get the extra attack ability, which allows them to make multiple attacks higher and higher as they level. And then even at max level, when a fighter gets to level 20, they get the ability to attack four times with every attack action, making them one of the classes with the highest rate of attacks in the game, given the fact that there are technically features that allow you to use your bonus action to attack as well. That would mean a fighter can get five attacks potentially, making it the highest without other magical bonuses. So a fighter can attack more often than any other class in the game at max level. And the reason I skipped ahead to that when I originally started talking about Action Surge is because Action Surge gives you another action. Fighters get multiple attacks per action. So if you have like a high-ish level fighter, let's say level 12, then at that point they have three attacks per action. So then if they choose to use Action Surge, they would have six attacks in one turn and that amount of potential damage output cannot be understated. It is a very very powerful ability and the fact that they get that back with a short rest meaning every fight they can just do an attack spam or it could also be used just because you have that action, you don't have to use that extra action to attack. You could use it to run away. You could use it to disengage if a situation is turning bad for yourself or the party. Just having an extra action in a turn when you need it is a very versatile, powerful ability. All right. So then when a fighter gets to third level is when they get to pick their martial archetypes so their subclass and the relevant subclasses in this case. So we've got actually I'll just instead of going alphabetically, let's actually go by source so that people know where to actually find these things. So from the player's handbook, we've got the battle master, the champion and the eldritch knight from the Xanathar's Guide to Everything. We have the arcane archer, the cavalier and the samurai. And then from the Sword Coast's Adventurer's Guide, there is the Purple Dragon Knight. So I'm going to again skip over those until we actually get through all the fighter core abilities. So uh, one very important difference of the fighter than every other class. Most characters get the ability score improvement feature where they get to either boost their ability scores or get a feat at certain levels. Fighters, however, get them more often than any other class, meaning that you can have a fighter with either higher ability scores or more feats than any other class in the game. So I've talked before about how the Great Weapon Master feat is good for melee damage. The Sharpshooter feat is very good for range damage. Or you could do something like the Toughness feat for extra hit points. There are a lot of very powerful feats in the game, so a fighter is able to pick either ability score or feat at levels four, six, 8, 12, 14, 16, and 19, seven, seven times they get to pick from it compared to four for most classes, or maybe five. I think I just misspoke. Anyway, the point being they get seven, which is more than anybody else. So given the fact that you can get two points to your ability scores That means that you can potentially boost some combination of your ability scores by 14 points potentially. So you can very easily have 20 strength, 20 constitution, or you could either have even 20 dexterity as well, or instead of if you're going for a ranged attack fighter, or you could just get, you know, up to 18 and then just take a bunch of feats through the game to just give your character more utility. So the fact that you get that flexibility unequaled by any other character is another trait that I really do feel to just be underestimated and underappreciated with how very powerful feats can be. Anyway, uh, so I've already talked about extra attack, and I just feel that that does bear repeating Four attacks, every single attack action once they get to max level. So if you do combine that with the Great Weapon Master feat then that would mean that a fighter with even discounting any magic weapons can easily do 50-60 damage on a turn reliably using no consumable resources. So the sheer damage that a high level fighter can output truly is underestimated in 5th edition. Although to be fair, There actually was a recent study that does tell about how high level games are much less common in fifth edition. But even at a low level, if you've got a level five fighter, then they get two attacks. So the fact that you can put, you know, with great weapon master, a plus 10, plus 10, plus your normal damage, so you could very easily do 30 damage reliably, which is what Morris does and is a lot of fun. Anyway. Uh, moving on from that, uh, buh, buh. okay, the only other full fighter feature is Indomitable, which allows you to reroll a failed saving throw, and you get to reroll a couple of them as you get higher in level, which is a very useful thing because saving throws are one area in which the fighter isn't great because it's strength and con. That would mean pretty much, well, not all magic, but most magic is pretty effective against fighters they're not good in dexterity saving throws they're not good at wisdom or charisma saving throws so that is a fighter's weakness so even if you have a full plate you know shield magic items even even if you've got you know a 22 ac fighter if they just fail a fireball's dex saving throw that really isn't going to help them a whole lot anyway All right. So now diving into the subclasses, I'm honestly just going to skip over most of them because I have realized that I have a problem of just reading all of the things I know. And I'm sorry for that. I'm just going to dive into the general uses of the classes. Uh, So uh, Battle Master first up going with the player's handbook ones. Battle Master is another actually that I do feel to be underappreciated. It gives you dice that you can roll to add damage and effects to whatever attacks you make and you get to pick exactly what maneuvers are from a pretty extensive list to either give you more range as well as the damage to potentially parry attacks against you to get to use your reaction to make attacks with a repost, which is another very underappreciated one and you can push you can disarm there are a lot of maneuvers that the Battlemaster has that are incredibly valuable And what is even more important about all of that is that they get those dice back every short rest, which means that every fight, a fighter will have four or more of these dice available. So four attacks every single fight that can have this little extra damage and this little extra effect. And the fact that you do get to just pick more of those maneuvers as you level really does give a lot of flexibility to that class. Or subclass, rather, that honestly, I would say probably makes Battlemaster my favorite, although it is kind of close to another one I'll get to shortly. So the champion is the classic fighter. As they level up, they get to crit more easily. And this is a hugely powerful effect, because even when they first pick it at level three, their crit range doubles. So you crit on a 19 or 20. So that makes your your uh, statistics of it 5% roll to a 10% roll. So every attack, a 10% chance to crit. So the fact that you're making more attacks as you level up means that there is fantastic odds for a champion fighter to crit really reliably. And their uh, higher level feature, superior critical at 15, is that on an 18 to 20, they roll a critical hit. So 15 percent Chance with three attacks a turn with action surge to potentially do another three. There are decent odds every turn for a champion to roll a critical hit. And that truly is a powerful build. It does have other effects, but most of them are on the passive side. So, champion, I will say, is also useful in that that one in particular, I would say, is the simplest to play. You just hit things. And then with the crit boost as you level up, you might hit a little more easily. So, a champion is a very simple, mechanically speaking, class to play and a very powerful, good one. So, there are people who talk down the champion for not giving more active abilities. But the fact that it is just so very simple and powerful, I would say, does have its own form of beauty to it. Now, The Eldritch Knight is my other potential candidate for favorite because that is the half spellcaster fighter. So that is a character who just through their adventuring has picked up some magic and then as they level up can get a little better at it. So they will never be as powerful as a full spellcasting class. Even at level 20, they will only be able to cast up to fourth level spells out of nine. So not even halfway fully in terms of just the top power of spells. However, magic is a hugely flexible thing. So the fact that an Eldritch Knight fighter gets access to the wizard spell list in particular and then can cast those spells means that they get access to the haste spell which is arguably one of the best buffs in the game they get access to shield which is a fantastic reaction if you're a fighter who's in melee combat since that spell will give you a plus 5 ac for the entire round so even when you're at you know third level you when you first get the class you have two level 1 spell slots so if you cast shield Each turn, or between each turn, rather, because it is reaction, that would mean for two entire rounds of combat, your character has a plus five AC at third level. And that makes that incredibly hard to hit such a character. And just admittedly, I think it's known at this point, I just have pro-magic biases. So the fact that you can get the good parts of fighter with some magic thrown in makes for a happy Remy. But even besides the actual magic casting, one thing that a lot of people don't know or just forget about is that Eldritch Knight Fighters also get a magical feature called Weapon Bond, which allows you to teleport the weapon that you bond with to your hand as a bonus action. So there are a lot of situations where there might be a diplomatic situation where you're not allowed to have a weapon and then something can go wrong. Well, hey, then you can just get your weapon back or just generally it's usually for less nice things that, that tends to be useful. But it could also be said, like if you get, you know, sent to jail unjustly, then if you can, you know, summon a you know hammer or a war pick as your weapon in particular. Well, that can be very useful in such a situation. Then as they level up, they basically just get abilities that allows them to mix their melee abilities with their spellcasting ability. So the Eldritch Knight Fighter is a lot of fun. Although having just described them both, I will honestly say I think I might give Battlemaster the edge as my favorite just because of the fact that it does have a lot of style and flexibility to it, which I appreciate anyway. uh, Where was I? Arcane Archer. Okay, this is one of the few cases where I will admit to I have a negative bias against this one. I would love archery, just I myself, and I just don't think that the arcane archer actually gives enough features to be worth it. I honestly think that a battlemaster fighter who uses a bow is just better. So I fully admit that that's a bias of mine, but well, it is what it is. And part of the reason I mention that is that you have a certain amount of arcane shot options. So it works kind of similarly to the battlemaster fighter. But the options themselves pretty much just uh, actually, you know what, I, I'm i sorry I'm going to say it this way, but I, I just admit that I have bias against it and I don't think that I can go through that one and actually do it justice. so I'll say read Arcane Archer and judge for yourselves whether you think that I am biased against it unjustly or justly. I'm just going to skip it. <laughs> A uh, cavalier, on the other hand, is mounted combat. The whole idea is that that is the knight riding a horse into battle. And all of the features around that are just kind of aimed at creating that like ideal of the knight. You get an extra skill in either animal handling, history, insight, performance, or persuasion, and a language as well. So it just is to make you more worldly and Uh, All of the class is kind of just geared to that. So if you want to play like the knight in shining armor, then the Cavalier is a good class to that. It makes it better for you to, you know, be on a horse. It gives you that extra skill and language. You get some other abilities as a reaction. You get uh, Mark to try to get people to focus on you for attacking. So it gives you that kind of uh, tanky side of abilities. And it really just is a good class to just be that, you know, heroic defender type knight. The purple dragon knight is a somewhat odd one.
1: So, yes, <laughs> yes, it has a really dime, dumb, dumb name that yeah. always makes me think of Barney for whatever reason. Yeah, purple dragon.
2: I love you. You love me. OK, let's not do that. Uh, anyway. So there actually is a description just at the top of it. Uh, So this is, again, in the Sword Coast Adventures guide, so it is kind of designed more specifically for that setting. So there is a note that if you use it in other campaign settings, then it can be called the Banneret, But it's called the Purple Dragon Knight in all the literature, so I'm just going to refer to it as the Purple Dragon Knight, as silly as it says to have that come off my tongue. Anyway. The funny thing is, it is actually a pretty good subclass. It's just a funny one to say. So even when you first get it at third level, it has a very interesting ability called Rallying Cry. So fighters, oh, actually, I realized I skipped over this one by accident. So they have a feature called Second Win that once per short rest, you can heal yourself for 1d10 plus your fighter level. So what Rallying Cry does is to boost that so that when you use the feature, you can Also, choose up to three creatures within 60 feet of you that are allied with you, and they get hit points equal to your fighter level. So, the fact that this gives a short rest recharging heal ability to a fighter, it's not a huge heal, admittedly. The fact that it is only equal to your fighter level, so even if you are, you know, level seven or so, then seven hit points is not a huge amount, however. If you have two allies unconscious, that seven hit points each can be game saving. So just if the cleric goes down to have a backup heal is a very valuable ability. Anyway, uh, moving on from that uh, Royal Envoy at seventh level, uh, they get to oh that's cool. They actually get an expertise type feature, so they get double their proficiency bonus when uh, persuade, when using persuasion. So that is to kind of simplify that more courtly, you know, polite style of knight. So the fact that you get a fighter who usually has charisma as their dump stat, this build is encouraged to give them more charisma as a secondary stat to have that kind of charming, courtly persona. And that's nice. I really, yeah, so they have. Yeah, so basically, again, the purple dragon knight is just designed to just kind of be that knight in shining armor And that is a good, I could have phrased that all better. I'm sorry. Anyway, last one up, the samurai. So this is another one that gives you an additional skill or language when you first pick it. However, they also get another feature at third level called fighting spirit, which as a bonus action, you can give yourself advantage until the end of the current turn. When you do so, you also gain temporary hit points that scale as your level. However, you can only use that three times per long rest. So, most fighter features do recharge on a short rest. And this is one that unfortunately is only per long rest. However, three times means three turns during the day where you just have advantage. So, again, considering that a fighter has so many attacks per turn, the fact that you can have, you know, two or three or even eventually four attacks with advantage and then more if the action surge is a pretty powerful one. So, yeah, just the samurai also is just kind of what it says on the tin the abilities are geared at making you that more polite samurai type you also get some persuasion abilities you also just get that uh fighting spirit which is that thing that gives you the advantage more often Uh, you can learn to trade accuracy for swift strikes once you get to level 15 which is that you can give up advantage to make an additional attack Which is, again, quite powerful. More attacks equals good. (laughs) Anyway, so that is all of the mechanics of the fighter. And I rushed through this more than I usually do because I want to talk more about how to use fighters in the world. So that being said, Nathan, what makes a fighter different from a guard?
1: So a fighter compared to a guard would be like comparing like, okay... Typically, when you have a army or like, like basically a guard of sorts, right? If there's anyone that would be considered like, okay, who is the best person among us? Like say like somebody who has been singled out as an ace among the fellows. Typically, that's what you would be considering like the prodigy, that kind of stuff. Somebody who is skilled above all others. That's what the fighter would be compared to the guard. Because guards are just normal people. The fighter is better, is stronger, is faster, is smarter.
2: Yeah. So I do think that fighters are a very good illustration in world of what makes a leveled character so different than the typical people around them. So the fact that a guard generally will have two hit dice, I think, And they'll just have, you know, a handful of weapons, some armor, and that's it. The fact that a fighter, on the other hand, has proficiency with every weapon and every armor just shows that they are a cut above the rest. So even a low level fighter is massively better trained than most other melee fighters around them. And that's actually part of why I like the Battlemaster so much is because that is a beautiful illustration of the skill of a fighter. So even, okay, there's a typical thing that's done for D&D, which is that what level is like this movie character or TV show character? You know, like what level would Dumbledore be? What level would Gandalf be? What level is Aragorn? And just to kind of get an idea of what makes a fighter so powerful, Jamie Lannister in Game of Thrones is said to be a really good swordsman. However, that is in comparison to just a bunch of people that just had a sword in hand and they're just told go fight. So Jamie Lannister is a very good fighter. But in D&D terms, I don't think that I would put him past like level three or so. He's a bit better than average. He can reliably beat most common people on the street. But if you just have, you know, Three guys against him, it's probably not going to go so well for him. So, the action economy in DD, I have ranted a lot about how powerful that fact is. So, the fact that just seeing a level three fighter in Game of Thrones by using that example and just seeing how much better he is than the average person, hopefully can help illustrate just how powerful a proper fighter is in the world. And so, once you get into higher and higher levels as time goes by, a fighter really does just become superhuman in terms of speed and power and durability. And they are an archetype for a reason. Fighters are
1: awesome. Thanks for listening to this episode of Riffs and Rules. Please leave us a review and give us five stars on iTunes. Also support us on Patreon at patreon.com/slash podcast. Turn as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters, supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, only access to episodes, access to the Patreon Discord, where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even a shout-out on the show. Find us on social media, on Twitter, at Podcast, on Facebook, as RiffWake, and on Reddit, on the subreddit, r slash And now, send us an email, riffsandrules, at gmail.com.
2: That's riffs, A-N-D, rules at gmail.com.